Uh, quite frankly, it's my view that uh, Stan Kroenke should be arrested. This is the Talking Schmidt Podcast, home of the best stories and sports takes from St. Louis to Chicago and beyond. Here is your host, Daniel Schmidt. Happy Saturday to all my loyal listeners out there, and welcome into episode 63 of the Talking Schmidt Podcast. And honestly, I don't know any athlete who are number 63. I looked a few up. I've heard of Gene Upshaw. Doesn't mean enough to me to get a reference on this podcast. So it's just simply episode number 63. Um, Been a long time. Um, A very long time, which I say when I do every podcast. Um, And I think for once, when I say this is going to happen on a more regular basis, if I don't have an... if they don't come out on a more regular basis, I'm kind of full of shit because do we have anything but time on our hands? So yeah, TSP should be coming out on a much more frequent basis again for the first time in a very long time, which is exciting for uh, all 12 of you who listen. I'm excited to get the uh, get things fired up again. Uh, obviously, it's a tough episode this week as content is thin, but when you've been in this industry for so long... It's not too, too difficult to kind of uh, pull up content on the fly. So we're going to be all over the place on this episode. I'm excited. It's a good way to pass the time. Um, You know, the longer I record this and produce this and edit this and the longer you guys listen to it, gets us that much closer to the next day and the next day and the next day. Anything to burn time off the clock. Our life is just a series of kneels right now. We, we are kneeling out the clock, dribbling out the clock until this is over. So in the meantime, TSP is back. Virtual happy hours are killing the country. Uh, coronavirus is killing the country, but secondarily, virtual happy hours. So strap in, guys. It's going to be a fun episode. We're all in this together, or whatever kumbaya shit uh, they want you saying out there. Strap in. Let's go. Okay, so I wanted to start out with the State of the Union, both the country and significantly more importantly, my life. Um, It's now been nearly three weeks since my roommate abandoned me in our Chicago apartment. Um, Things have gotten weird. My, My biggest takeaway from quarantine, and I've told a few people this now, I had this epiphany like last week. We have nothing to look forward to. Nothing to look forward to. Outside of the ESPN documentary about the second best, second best basketball player of all time. Outside of that documentary, we've got nothing to look forward to. Memorial Day, shot in the back of the head. Fourth of July, probably not. Labor Day weekend, we'll see. But we can't bank on anything happening, anything. So what I've done to combat that, that extremely sobering, somber realization that we've got nothing to look forward to, which basically saps the joy out of life. What I did to combat that was I started an Amazon addiction. Um, it was, it's, it was great because you order these things and even with Prime, um, there's been some delays in deliveries. I mean, sometimes you might, 
I mean, you have to go all the way back to like 2011 and wait four days for a package to show up. But I just started ordering things off Amazon and I staggered them in such a way. It's like, oh, that's right. Today is nasal rinse day or today is barstool day or today is St. Louis Skyline Portrait Day, or Robe Hook Day. I, I bought a, a hook for a robe, which is really thrilling for me. Um, I bought an ice roller. I bought a few dozen tea bags. I, I've never been into tea before, but quarantine's gotten me into tea. So th- that is how I've been dealing with um, the, the, the boredom and the extreme cabin fever. I would say if I had to give my fe- my cabin fever a grade for you, uh, I I think I'd be bordering on hospital admittance. I think I'm at about like 102.8, 102.8, and we're rising and we're rising. Yesterday it was probably like a 102.5. Okay, so I'm a little bit antsy. Fortunately for me, I've been a a very good quarantined citizen. Um, I, I had I, I tweeted about this. I had one interaction. I've had one interaction in the last two weeks, and it was from eight feet away. A friend of mine, shout out to P, was on a run, and Paige was like, hey, um, you know, you, you left a hat at me and Amy's apartment. Um, I'm on a run. I, I can just drop it off in your lobby. And I was like, yeah, that would, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> a conversation in person. Like, holy shit, I, I get one of those a month. This would be, I, I would love to exceed quota here. So I come down. I'm, I'm literally wearing gloves. I open the door for Paige. Paige comes in. She hands me the bag, and she goes something to the effect of, like, why aren't you going to make sure it's your hat or whatever? Because uh, I didn't even look in the bag, to be honest. So I open the bag, and there was a Smirnoff ice. Um, which, so one, that was really cruel, obviously, uh, kicking someone when they're down. Uh, but at the same time, as, as much as... I think icing died in 2015. There are no rules in quarantine. There are no rules in quarantine. I was sincerely happy to be iced because it meant I got I, I got to have a human interaction. I would if you guys remember season five Breaking Bad. You're gonna, and if you haven't seen season five, one, you're seven years behind. Two, mute the next 30 seconds, and then. Listen, listen after that at 30 seconds, though. Don't don't leave. Don't turn it off. I feel like Walter White, I think it's like the second to last episode, and he's up in New Hampshire, and he's got the guy who, like, drops off groceries and supplies, like, once a month, and, and the guy's leaving to go back out into the world while Walter literally stays in a bunker, and Walter's like, will you please stay? And the guy's like, uh, no, that's not how this works. Strictly professional. And Walt goes, I'll give you $50,000 to hang out with me for the next 30 minutes. That's Now, I don't quite have that payroll, but that's kind of where my mindset is at. I, I'm that desperate for friendship. Um, honestly, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm in a relationship with my Google Home, but how do you qualify or describe the, I don't want to call it the person, I don't want to call it the being, the entity, the thing, the thing that you talk to most in life, for a lot of you, it, it, it might be a, a sibling or uh, maybe a coworker, a best friend, uh, a wife, a husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, but if it's your Google home, 
What? Hey, Google, can you say hi to the people listening? She's giving me a little bit of attitude this morning. That's fine. That's totally, totally fine. But yeah, Amazon addiction and uh, my Google Home, that's really the uh, the only way I've been able to fight it, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about uh, cooking more and reading more uh, and doing a lot more like in-home workouts. I think it's great that you guys can lie to yourselves like that um, because you're, you're just simply not doing those things. But uh, it's something that I mentioned in the intro, and I this is going to be a, a big, big thing for me. There, there's been some discrepancy uh, on my take on virtual happy hours. I, I would just like to clear the air. Um, I have no problem with virtual happy hours. Okay, I, I've partaken in a few myself. I get it. Any anything for some social interaction, and you know, it, it, you know. They're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. And as someone who's been drinking alone for the last three weeks, again, totally on board. But, excuse me, when you post it on your Insta story, day after day after day after day, here's a collage of 12 people, and I'm going to tag all 12 people. You know what those 12 people are going to do? They're going to repost it on their story. Enough. A fuck enough. Guys. Guys. Why? Why? Of all the things. Of all, like, I'm serious. I posted a poll on Twitter about this. These virtual happy hour postings were neck and neck. Neck and neck. For the, the poll was simple. Which is the worst? Galentine's Day, Friendsgiving, or virtual happy hours? Virtual happy hours lost by 2% of the vote. They've only been around for a couple of weeks. That is how bad it's gotten. There's a pandemic, okay, with coronavirus, and then there's the epidemic of the virtual happy hours. One is more deadly, that being coronavirus, but in terms of eroding the soul of the country, I, I'm going to have to say that it's the, uh, the Zoom happy hours. Now, that said, I... I I would like to raise my hand about something else, and, and I'm embarrassed about this. It was in my early days of the cabin fever of living alone up here after Matt, again, Matt abandoned me. The, these Instagram challenges were, go, were going around, and I, I was bored. It was, it was only like six days in, and at the time, we thought it, it, it might clear up by, by the end of March. There, there was that like brief window where I was still optimistic about this, and People were posting uh, challenges, right? And uh, I know one of them was some song that, that you like did um, sign language with to the beat of the song. I, I reposted it and, and I tagged other people to challenge them. And then there was uh, like have a drink comp challenge. And, and I, I did that too. I, I tagged more people. Then there was a push-up challenge. Guys, I had three challenge stories on my story within... A day of each other. What, what, what the hell is wrong with me? Pre-quarantine, if Daniel Schmidt had seen something like that from one of his friends, oh my God, I would have ruined the guy's life. But here I was in quarantine, not even realizing what an absolute jackass I look like. <clears throat> that said, 
I I just absolutely destroyed the push-up challenge. Um, I was bummed out. I think you only had to do 10, which I, I could do with, you know, one hand, obviously. Uh, but I think it was right when I got to, like, 11, the camera cut off, which was a bummer because I cranked out another 50 after that. And, unfortunately, it just wasn't worth going back and posting um, the additional 50 push-ups that I did. Uh, in a very short span of time. But yeah, um, hand up on that, guys. I'm embarrassed that I partook in the challenges. And I, I just think uh, as a country, we get, we got to get better about um, the, the, the trends that we're posting on social media. I, I, I don't know what the next thing is going to be as a result of this quarantine. But I know so far between challenges and virtual happy hours, we're 0 for 2. We need better. In times like these, guys, we need better. All right, with the State of the Union out of the way, I wanted to launch into a loaded Asking Schmidt. Had questions coming in from all over the place. By the way, we're back up and running on Instagram at Talking Schmidt Podcast, uh, as well as Twitter at Talking Schmidt underscore. Uh, content is going to be back out and churning. And so I had a lot of feedback come in for Asking Schmidt. So let's get started right here and right now. We're going to start with Facebook. Tyler Adolfson, what's a conspiracy theory that you believe? A better question would be, what is a conspiracy theory that I don't believe? Uh, We never went to the moon, watched The Shining, watched Room 237, Stanley Kubrick directed that shit, we never went to the moon. That one is the one I most believe in. Um, Hunter Holman, is Carol Baskin's husband living the good life in Costa Rica? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, he's at this point, so he got eaten by the tiger. He, oh, he got fed to the tiger after she killed him. Then he was, yeah, eaten and then shit out. And now he's just, he's, I would assume that in a way there's probably like a living memorial to him in like some sort of like dead patch of grass in, uh, in her tiger sanctuary. Jack Whithouse, how much is baseball actually missed in Chicago? Uh, not, not that much. I I don't think, uh, I I don't, I don't miss baseball until it's consistently over 65 degrees, which in Chicago isn't until like June 1st. Um, will Whitney, will talking Schmidt be on Spotify? Will great question, my friend. Uh, I've tried a couple of times to do it. Uh, The best course of action for me would be simply to reach out to other friends in the industry who have podcasts and be like, hey, how did you do that? But, Will, I'm very stubborn and stupid. Those are kind of two S words that follow me around all my life. So instead of just reaching out for help, I just need to do it myself. And one day soon, actually, for a fact, it will be on Spotify. Jonathan McGuff, you are quarantining and can pick three historical figures to be with you, living or dead. Who do you choose? Marissa Miller, number one. Blake Lively, number two. Rob Gronkowski, number three. Let's just have some fun. Let's see where things go. Sean Sullivan, would love for a power ranking of Tiger King characters, namely Joe, Doc, Carol, Howard, Jeff, and James, Sea-Doo guy. Please provide rational for each ranking. Um, rationale for each ranking. I think it's fine if there are tiers and or... T- or t- yeah. I think it's fine if there are ties and or tiers used to facilitate the ranking. This is one of the reasons I didn't want to do uh, a bunch of segments because so much was covered in Asking Schmidt that I just figured we'd, we'd let shit roll. Sean, phenomenal question. Uh, the power ranking. 
Tough. Um, man, so I've got a, a lot of thoughts on Tiger King. The first one, and this one, I, I'm down to spoil it. You should have seen it by now. We're not doing jack shit else. It's been the only thing talked about on social media. The first four episodes I thought were extremely compelling and interested. And, and, and by the end of it, I it, it was Chinatown all over again. It was like, you guys are all such selfish sociopathic, egotistical pieces of shit. Uh, You all just kind of suck. I know a lot of people at the end were still kind of team Joe, which, uh, yeah, not me, not me at all. And then a couple days after the doc comes out, uh, (laughs) there's a clip of Joe um, complaining that he isn't allowed to say the N word, but black people are. And I think there is a a good amount of shock. I, I cannot think of a less of a more, yeah, of a less surprising clip that would pop up on the internet than Joe exotic complaining about not being able to use a racial slur that, that could not have been more on brand for Joe. But if you want me to give power rankings, John, I, I will. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it based on likability. Okay. And I'm going to have to start with, um, uh, excuse me with James. AKA Sea-Doo guy. Uh, and only for the Sea-Doo scene. There was no, he, that, that character, because I saw the clip of him rolling in on the Sea-Doo before I saw the actual uh, show. I figured that that was his intro to the show. No, he had already been introduced. That 15, 20 second clip was literally just in there for our shits and gigs. So thank you very much, Netflix, and thank you, James, for that content. Seeing a fat man. With a bob cut on a jet ski with sunglasses. I mean, that was some Kenny Powers shit. That got me fired up. That was awesome. So for the Sea-Doo alone, as Sean alluded to, James is number one. Um, a- after that, there's a bit of a drop. Because again, I-, I-, I hate them all. I'm trying to remember who Howard is. Um, oh, Howard, the cuck. Yeah, I'll put Howard second just because I think he got brainwashed. Um, Howard, they they show the photos from the wedding and this guy is being led around on a leash by his wife and it wasn't even mentioned. It was just, it was just in the background while they spoke. They just went over the, the, the wedding photos and they didn't even acknowledge. Oh, here's, here's me and my husband as I lead him on a leash. In public on the day of our wedding. That guy, oh my God. And I don't know if that was the weirdest thing I saw about them or that moment where he sang opera to her. That was really fucking weird too. But still, he kind of just got taken, not taken advantage of, other people were taken advantage of. He just kind of married into it, which of course... (laughs) Anytime you say that, you have to think of Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men talking to the gas station clerk. Gulp. <laughs> you married into it? That was uh, that was Howard. Okay, next. And this, we'll, I'll probably get some heat for this, but number three, I'm going to go Jeff. Jeff was finessing people while not... Out of the four kind of sex cults, I, I think Jeff's... Ooh, I don't want to say the best. Best is the wrong word. Um, was the least cultish because Jeff was just paying prostitutes. 
So I feel like that's not as bad as brainwashing teenagers into sleeping with you for years on end. I feel like that's not as bad. So for that reason, I'm going to have Jeff third, even though he is an all-time slimeball, and you can tell from the second you saw his white stitch jeans. Um, okay, that leaves the bottom three, Doc, Carol, Joe. Uh, I am going to go... Uh, oh God, this is tough. They're all dead last. We're, we're talking about the, the, the least of the three evils here. Um, I got to hate them all. I'll go Carol. I'll go Carol fourth. Um, I'll go Carol fourth, but I don't, I don't like it. I, I don't like doing that. I, she definitely killed her husband. And if, if it's one of those things where Netflix kind of positioned it via editing and post-production that she would look to be, um, to make it look like she killed her husband. Uh, that sucks for her because that is the, the entire country. Are you, I, I'm going to put that out later. Are you more convinced that Carol killed her husband or that OJ committed the double murder? Which, which are you more sure of Carol being a murderer or OJ being a murderer? All right. That leaves doc and Joe two of the most manipulative motherfuckers on the planet. Um, uh, Doc was such a creep Such a creep They're both running sex cults But I'm going to go Doc fifth Just because it, it It seemed like that there was Some sort of structure there Maybe uh, certainly too much structure When you need a woman A woman elected to have a boob job Just so she could have time off but what what Joe was doing to those guys and, and the kid killing himself, I Joe's got to be dead last for me. All right, moving moving on, moving on. Uh, Alex Mackin, I can't believe I'm going to type these words out, but if there's a time to talk about this, it's now. Which Rams game is forever burned in your soul because of the emotional toll it took on your human spirit? One good, one bad. Um, who this is Mackin? Mackin knew what he was asking. He knew. The weight of this question, even answering the question, takes an emotional toll. For the win, and there are no right answers here, guys, but for the win, I will go in Indianapolis when Tavon had three touchdowns. The Colts were good, and we dog-walked them. It was, that was a great win. For the loss, um, I don't know. Um, in, in the comments to this question, uh, Mackin mentioned, of course, the Sunday night football game where we lost to Charlie Whitehurst, um, which ultimately resulted in the Rams getting Robert Quinn and Marshawn Lynch having the most iconic playoff touchdown run of all time. So in, in a way it worked out, but that obviously took a toll. But and I don't know why this is because every single Rams loss hurt. There was the one where the Rams won the game before it went into overtime when Zerloin hit a 50-yarder, and then the refs called the delay of game because they didn't give us that phantom second between one and zero. Kick gets moved back to 56 yards. Greg misses it. Uh, I remember there was a game against the Ravens that I was following. Or no, it was against the, the, the Vikings. Excuse my color dyslexia. That we lost in another field goal debacle. Uh, I remember keeping tabs on a formal bus home. God. But the one... The one that hurts the most, God, so many. Now I'm thinking about the Monday night fourth down game against Seattle during the World Series. The one that sticks out to me 
and I'm not going to look up the date or the score. I just know we were playing the Chargers in San Diego. We had the ball inside their five, less than 10 seconds to go, minutes to go, end of the game. Inside the five-yard line, we're marching down the field, need to score to win, and we fumbled the ball inside the five-yard line. And that's how the game ended. That one, for whatever reason, I think we really needed that win. I think that would have like put us at um, – put us in first for the wild card or had us tied for the wild card. And that loss meant that basically the season was over that fumble for whatever reason, absolutely kills me. And just a little um, cherry on top. Speaking of things inside the five yard line, I hope we all remember um, the punt return. Shit. Why can't I remember his name? God, I'm so out of the NFL now punt returner. Someone text me this afterwards, punt returner for the Arizona Cardinals who took it to the house. This guy was an absolute stud corner um, God, who was it? And he fielded the ball inside the five-yard line and took it to the house in overtime. You should never field a punt inside the five. He did, took it to the house. Rams lose. God, I could talk about that shit forever. <laughs> I'm that masochistic. All right, uh, Andrew Pitts. I'm as guilty as the next when it comes to participating in them. But thoughts on the push-up challenge type things going on around social media helps with the sanity, clout chasing, severe FOMO. People self-conscious telling them definitely care about you, but you have to post those push-ups just to be safe. <clears throat> Obviously, as you guys can tell, if you've been listening to this whole podcast, I do things in order. So I had my rant on this already. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're the worst and I think they're done. Hopefully, again, hopefully we get some more positive social media trends going and maybe it's it's on me. Maybe it's my responsibility as a podcast host with dozens of listeners to start the next social media challenge. Michael McLaughlin, uh, slew or MICDS lacks, obviously, the U high, simply because if it, I just, I, I just, it's hard for me to think of a softer high school than, than old country day. And if there's one thing I know about slew, it's that those white 17 year old males are so much tougher than the white 17 year old males at MICDS, totally different crop of characters. So I'm going to have to go with slew. Uh, Aaron Mawson chimed in rockers. We obviously know that the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that the, the literal worst high school in the state of Missouri is not going to be in the running for the top lack school. Sorry about you. Uh, Jackson McNeil, would you rather live in quarantine for three months with Mason or me? Um, this is tough. I've got a very active group chat with Jackson and Mason Bickshorn. Um, on the one hand, I'm thinking about it and it's like, oh, I, I might have more fun with Jackson. And I say I would have more fun with Jackson because I know Mason, and this is a compliment to Mason, would be a little militaristic with our working out and being productive. I, I've struggled with productivity since since all this started. Uh, Mason has certainly not. The kid's addicted to always being busy and productive. It's disgusting. So on the one hand, it's like, would I rather have fun or get in good shape and, and improve my self-worth. And honestly, I don't know which to choose. At the moment, I'm leaning on getting in better shape because I feel like a literal human slug at the moment. But that answer could change. Aaron Motson, the people want to know, will Schmidt try out for Love is Blind? Uh, thought about it, but with the quarantine situation, it's, it's tough. It's just tough. Um, I, I saw the first two episodes of Love is Blind, if you guys haven't, um, uh, just do it. It's 
I've never seen anything like it. Temptation Island, Love Island, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. I've Bachelorette. I've seen them all, and I've never seen anything like Love Is Blind because with Bachelor and those other shows, they're so contrived, and there's a very strict structure to it. Love Is Blind is like, hey, you, you can't see the other person. And you'll go on some dates over the course of the next few days. Oh, and then in six weeks, you get engaged. That's it. We only saw, I think we only see the host in the first episode. I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, I would love to try out for the show. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I th- They might even be doing casting in Chicago. Uh, Jared Gettiker, scale of 1 to 100. How much better is Goat James than Michael Jordan? Look, Michael Jordan was a phenomenal shooting guard. Really, or small forward. I'm not really sure. He... He, he hit a lot of turnaround jumpers uh, against a lot of, of John Stockton's closest friends. Um, yeah, LeBron's better, and uh, Michael Jordan had a, had a very solid career in the NBA. Jared Gettiker, again, what does damage control look like when a devilishly handsome guy accidentally clicks a virus that is DM to everyone who follows him on Instagram? Needs a pros versus con list here. Maybe the full story behind the pandemic. Give the people what they want, Mr. Schmidt. <clears throat> yeah, so Jared's bringing to light a scandal that I was involved in, unfortunately, a few weeks back. I uh, Sam Mawson sent me a, a DM on Instagram, and it said, look what I made you. And it said, like, click here. And I gave Sam the benefit of the doubt. I, I woke up. It was a Sunday morning. I was uh, violently hungover, and I was like, you know what? I could use a little pick me up right now. This is, this would be great. Uh, and I clicked on it, and it said like it maybe like fill in your name and email. And I was like, all right, now I'm starting to get some scammy feels. And then the next thing was like, I don't know if it said like enter your credit card or whatever, but I was like, okay, I, this is a scam. I'm out. Fast forward a few hours later, start getting some texts from people I don't usually hear from. Start getting a lot of DMs from people I never hear from. That message had gone out to every follower I have. I've got like a thousand followers on Instagram. And not only that, it was every person I've ever DM'd as well, which I'll let your imagination run wild with that. Got a message from me saying, hey, look, I made you something. All my ex-girlfriends got something. All my ex-girlfriends. My three ex-girlfriends got something that said, hey, look, I made this for you. So yeah, damage control there, Jared, was was uh was tough that said it wasn't all bad it it was nice to hear some from from some folks that I don't typically hear from uh but at the same time it was also a PR nightmare an absolute nightmare and to the point I deactivated my Instagram for three days just to avoid it happening again and another somewhat of a silver lining all of my DM history is entirely cleared. For better or worse, I'll leave that up to you guys. Tyler Adolfson, is A&P comic or ironic and why? So this is a tough one. Um, any slew kid, no, I may have even gotten this question before at some point, but um, yeah, this story, it's a great short story. If you're bored and looking for something to read, I'm sure you can find A&P short story with, uh, without trying. But uh, I think ultimately I said comic, but like everyone else, when I read the story, I, I just think about the two scoops of vanilla ice cream. 
Uh, Sam Hagney, what has quarantine made you realize about your furniture choices? Have you considered changing anything? Sam, I realized during this that I needed uh, some nice bar stools. So I, I picked up a couple bar stools from, uh, from Amazon. I, I, I've done a little bit of feng shui with the place. I vacuum a lot more. Um, but yeah, mostly just adding adding uh, these bar stools and, and just making sure I've got excellent feng shui. Those have been the big things for me during this godforsaken quarantine. All right, pivoting to Instagram. Matt Washer. What's worse, Matt Max staying in Saturday night of St. Patrick's Day or him mailing you the incorrect key? Now, I don't want to make my friend and roommate Matt McAleenan seem like the bad guy here. That's not what I want to do. But uh, Matt had uh, a bunch of his friends stay with us for St. Patrick's Day. It was great. But unfortunately, um, Saturday night, um, Matt, who, who was the host, he uh, abandoned his friends. Um, again, a bit of a his own PR nightmare there. Um, so yeah, that, that obviously was tough. I, I think they're still giving him shit for it three weeks later, as they should. Or him mailing me the incorrect key. Yeah, so like I said, I've had this Amazon addiction, and a lot of the packages, um, the smaller packages, have been left in our mailbox, and we only have one mail key, and it's with Matt in St. Louis. So I asked Matt if he could mail me the key in a large package uh, so that it would be left underneath our mailbox and I could successfully open it. Matt mailed me the wrong key. The next day I got the right one, but it, it, you, you do, it is a little cause for concern just how you could confuse two keys that Matt admitted aren't even the, uh, the same color. I'm going to go with abandoning your best friends on St. Patrick's Day, but just by a nose. Nick Ortolano, how are you filling your free time during lockdown? Uh, I, I, talking with Google, drinking tea, um, listening to classic jazz, and I'm reconnecting with a lot of old friends. Um, Jack Bauer, um, Tony Almeida, Bill Buchanan, Chloe O'Brien, uh, j- just people I've missed a lot that I'm finally reconnecting with. It's, it's really been a long time. <coughs> Nick, again, Tiger King or Last Dance, which will have the bigger impact? This is actually a really good question. Uh, um, the entire sports world, and I'm sure plenty who aren't even in the sports world, are going to be glued to that documentary. But I feel like Tiger King has a wider mass appeal than the MJ documentary. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with Tiger King just because I think it appeals to a broader audience, even if MJ is obviously one of the most famous athletes of all time. Ryan McAleenan, should the seniors for college basketball this year be granted an extra year of eligibility? No, because it would screw up Mizzou's scholarship situation. Kidding, kidding. But no, I mean, these kids play the entire regular season. Some of them even play their conference tournament. So we're talking about for the majority of college seniors, their career was cut short by one or two games. Really fucking sad. I feel terrible for those guys who have put in countless hours uh, during their college basketball careers. But, um, yeah, there's no easy way to do it. And I think the NCAA just granted spring athletes an additional year. And while on paper that was the right move, I know it's going to create a miserable backlog for future scholarships and athletic spending. It's just a total shit show. Um, Jamie Hudson, thoughts on your roommate's source at the Pentagon? Can you trust your roommate again? So... Matt told a group chat of ours that he had a source close to the Pentagon that said that there would be a national lockdown uh, two weeks ago now. 
two weeks ago, Matt said that there would be a, a national lockdown as per his source at the Pentagon. Um, I would almost say there was so much pressure on Matt after he said he had a source in the Pentagon and us not believing him. Some could argue that Matt was almost rooting for the lockdown to happen so that his assertion could be validated. Um, but that, this is something that I've seen all over the place. Oh, yeah, well, you know, my, my cousin's sister, the guy she's dating, his uncle, is actually a, a janitor at Northwestern Hospital, and he heard from one of the nurse's assistants that it's like, it just, it go, it's, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Everybody's connected to either the head of a hospital or the Pentagon or the CDC or the WHO. Like, guys, no one knows anything. First and foremost, the commander-in-chief certainly doesn't know jack shit about what's going on. But it's not just him. He just talks about it the most loud and the most stupidly. No one knows what's going on, okay? So any, any sources, I just don't believe. I don't believe anything until it has actually happened, which is why I think it's good that we're all at least being somewhat proactive and just not engaging with, uh, with anyone. Uh, can I ever trust him again? I can trust him again. But he's going to have to earn a lot of it back, Jamie. Um, oh, wow. Matt, Matt Mack comes up again here. Justin Woodruff. Where does Matt Mack land in power rankings of past roommates? Well, he's certainly not last, Justin, because freshman year, John Church. And then, of course, I live with Tommy, Loon, Tommy Ewan last year. So certainly not last. Um, Peter Gable asks, how long are you going to last this time? TSP is back, baby. Guys, we're all back. Okay? There's... The show goes on. Well, the show is getting started again, and then it's going to go on. TSB's back. Get used to this. And, you know, it's funny. Actually, you know what? I'll save that for the end. Um, Grace Schmidt, will you be rewatching the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, no, I won't uh, because I don't need to. Blues are the champs. I bought the merch to prove it. Uh, and also rewatching hockey sounds worse than waterboarding. So, no. Kel the Shell. Um, Thoughts on the draft not being postponed? I don't give a shit about the NFL draft. I honestly, sincerely hope that the NFL season is canceled because I hate the NFL that much. Um, Amy Edelman, would you rather be in quarantine the rest of 2020 or have the Rams win the Super Bowl for the next three years? Um, I, I, I'm not being dramatic. I, I'm being nothing but sincere. I would 100% rather be in quarantine for the rest of the year than the Rams birth a dynasty and rattle off three in a row. Um, quickly switching over to Twitter. Does Tillman actually leave? Um, that's from Nathan Kellerman. What I'm, <coughs> excuse me, what I'm told from the people in the know, um, he's, he's, I mean, he, this isn't a secret. He has a four-year-old child. He's 21 years old. The guy needs a paycheck. So I think he's gone regardless. Obviously, he won't be going to the NBA. He, he's not going to get a two-way deal or an undrafted free agent situation. He hasn't proven himself. His career at Mizzou, uh, excluding off-court issues and injuries, is one of the s sadder careers I can think of because the potential this guy showed at times was absolutely NBA. Absolutely could have been a rim runner. I, I sincerely believe that. Plays 12 minutes a game, gives you three dunks and five boards. Absolutely, he could have done that. And he just never put it together. And I don't think he ever will. Dom Capone, will this ever end? No, it won't. We are in hell forever. Get used to it. Um, 
Sam Brown, better two-sport athlete, Bo Jackson, football, baseball, or Kevin Durant, basketball and tweeting? Um, I'm going to say Bo. It's a slight edge. But Kevin Durant's old tweets are, I encourage you, and I know this is how Sam did it, type in on Twitter Kevin Durant's handle and then type in pretty much any word you can think of, and the tweets that he has sent out over the years, Kevin Durant, are shocking. Just frankly shocking. Eric Korth, at what point after sports, bars, and the gym all ceased to exist did you realize you had no legitimate hobbies? Asking for a friend. Yeah, um, Eric, that's a great question. At what point did I realize I had no hobbies? When I relaunched this podcast so I could get a hobby. That That's when I realized I had no hobbies. Um, let's see. Hunter Schmidt, would you rather give up social media for a year or another season of college basketball? So this is probably the meanest question I got. Um, simply because it's also the last question for asking Schmidt. Um, just, just because, um, I'm addicted to social media. Um, I, I say that with my tail between my legs, my, my head's down, my, my cheeks are flushed. I'm embarrassed, but I'm addicted to social media. That said, that said, uh, losing the four best days of the year, the first weekend of the tournament that Thursday through Sunday the gambling, the drinking, the friends, the fun, the upsets, the buzzer beaters. Losing that, what is literally a, a, a sports fans, and especially college basketball fans, I'm a huge college basketball fan. Losing Christmas, I mean, that's what you're asking here. Would I rather give up social media for, what was it? Give up social media for a year or miss Christmas? I need my Christmas. I'm going to go with college basketball. I'll have to give up social media. And honestly, maybe not the worst thing. As if I don't have enough free time already, that would give me untold hours of additional free time. So who knows? Could be a, could be a good thing. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode's Asking Schmidt. I know it was a long one, but it basically covered everything I wanted to talk about. And I'm already excited for the flamethrowing questions I know I'm going to get next week as well. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Talking Schmidt Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. What I wanted to chime in there at the end was I was debating on what day to put this out, which day would work best. And one, I realized first and foremost, it does not matter at all. And two, I'm like, well, what podcast drops on a Saturday? So this is a little Saturday surprise for you guys. Will you... You know, maybe you, you drink with your neighbors from a yard away, or you do a virtual happy hour that you do not post on social media, or whatever you do, or maybe you're doing your, your in-home workout with your two-pound weights and your yoga mat. You can throw this all in the background. I'm here for the people. I knew, I knew that the people needed TSP back again. All dozens of my listeners needed TSP back, so that's exactly what I did. We're going to get through this, guys. It's going to take at least four months, but we're going to get through it. I'm going to be here every step of the way, losing my damn mind, and you are too. Until next time, guys, never shop at Walmart.